This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi there, Dr. Jen Lincoln here. I can't come to the phone right now, but we'll likely have an opening later on. Please leave me a message and I'll be at your cervix. I mean, (laughs) service in no time. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Down There podcast, episode two. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. This is our first episode where I'm answering caller questions, and I'm so excited to like get going and do the thing because we've been planning for it. I've been taking your calls. It's been so fun. And this one is starting things off with a bang. So let's have a listen to this voicemail. Hey, my name is Abigail, and I want to know why I see so much bad stuff about birth control on social media. Is it really that bad? Because that's what I'm seeing. Thanks so much. Okay, so I love that this is like the first question that came through because birth control, there's a lot of stuff out there about it. And I feel like I could make these posts all day long on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, wherever, and I would still get these questions. And I get it because there's a lot of stuff out there. So if you're on social media, you've probably seen a lot of posts that say that hormonal birth control, which when we're talking about hormonal birth control, typically people think about the pill, but it also includes the shot, the vaginal ring, the patch. It may also include the IUD, lots of things that people are talking about, but usually they're targeting the pill. And they're saying that hormonal birth control can cause waking, depression, anxiety, decreased sex drive, acne, cancer, infertility makes you pick the wrong partner, severs the brain-body connection, causes yeast overgrowth, causes nutrient deficiencies, blood clots, strokes, and death. (sighs) That's a lot, right? You also see a lot of content saying that, quote-unquote, birth control is a Band-Aid, it's not natural, it's not addressing the root cause. Basically, it's a cover-up and that your healthcare provider is not doing you any help by prescribing this medicine. That is a lot to take in. And if you're like me, when you see something on social media, even when you're like, hmm, that seems a little strange, when you see it over and over and over again, especially when it comes from people who might have big accounts or who have a blue check mark or who even have doctor in the title of their bio, their name, well, then you start to think it's legit, right? I mean, I I would too. Here's the thing. Yes, birth control can be associated with some of those things that I read off. Not all of them. Don't worry, I'll get there. But a lot of these reactions about birth control, I think, are more related to the lack of communication and understanding about when it's prescribed and how it's used. And really, that is on us. That's on us as healthcare providers. And the problem is when people on social media who may or may not be experts in this put out birth control information or what I like to say misinformation, where they really present one side, they have an agenda, and they leave you feeling really confused. Before I get to the truth about birth control, though, it's time for a segment I like to call Classes in Session. Welcome to the health class you wish you had in high school. This week's teachable moment is about, you guessed it, birth control. Did you know that getting birth control by mail is safe and also amazing? Now, you might be worried about all the things I'm talking about and saying, but Dr. Jen, how does someone know if something like the pill is safe for them? Shouldn't they talk to a doctor? And the answer actually is no. We have lots of studies to show that people can self-screen using a tool or having somebody like a pharmacist or telemedicine visit or checklist where they can go through and make sure that whatever method they might be interested in is actually okay for them. Meaning that, for example, if somebody has had a history of blood clots, 
then they're going to go through that tool. And when they click that off, that's going to take things that include estrogen, which can cause blood clots, out of something that would be recommended for them. And when they've looked at these in studies, they've actually found that people who use these self-screeners or work with a pharmacist, it's actually a little scary, but they're actually better at identifying reasons they shouldn't be on something than when they come to the office and they talk to us. And I think that really is a testament to people can be in control of their own healthcare and can do a really good job and can take control. So yes, birth control by mail is safe and amazing. And there's lots of fantastic websites out there where you can get your birth control from and it comes right to your doorstep. They can either go through your insurance or provide you with generics that are affordable. All the counseling, all the follow-up, I think it's great because sometimes coming into the office to see us is a huge barrier for you to get what you need. And that's our first episode of Classes in Session. You're dismissed. Okay, so let's get to the truth about birth control. And I think it's really important that you understand that I am not being paid to say any of these things, that I don't have big pharma in my pocket or in my bank account because oftentimes we as healthcare providers, when we talk about birth control or anything having to do with hormones or things like that, we are often accused of saying, hey, she's saying that because she's a big pharma shill or she makes a lot of money. And it's just simply not true. In fact, sometimes people say, well, you get paid every time you write a birth control prescription. And that's totally not true either. Yes, when we're in the office, we submit a bill for a visit. A lot of doctors like myself, we're salaried. We make the same amount of money no matter what. And when we write a prescription, let's say for the birth control pill, we don't get a kickback or get paid for that. You take that and you go to the pharmacy and the drug companies will obviously get paid for that. They'll get some money, which isn't totally inappropriate considering that they're the ones developing the drug and marketing it. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a huge problem with how drugs are rolled out in this country and how much money they do make. Trust me. But the point is, is that it's not like at the end of the month, I get a check for how many prescriptions I've written. It's just, it's just not the way it works. And in fact, we're totally going on a tangent here, but I think it's actually very worth it. So you understand where we're coming from. We probably make less money because we prescribe birth control. Meaning if somebody were to come in and they're bleeding out and they're hemorrhaging every month, or they're in terrible pain every month. And because of these issues, if we didn't put them on birth control, they would keep coming back to our office or they would go to the emergency room, or they would get admitted to the hospital, or they might need surgery, things that we would see them more often, potentially we would make more money off of if we, let's say we did a surgery and we got paid for it. So my point is that when we control people's problems with things like medication, we're more than likely making less money, which is totally an aside and is definitely not something I think about or the majority of doctors, but I just know there's a lot of chatter out there. And so I just wanted to address it. Okay, now to the truth about birth control. It is one of the most well-studied classes of medications that we have out there. However, I will acknowledge that it unfortunately has some dark roots. And if you haven't heard about this, and if at any point in time this sounds like it's too much and you need to, you know, take a break, it's totally okay. But I am going to talk about some, some kind of upsetting stuff. And that is that when birth control was first developed in the 50s and the 60s, it was first tested on patients who oftentimes they were not able to give their consent. I'm talking psychiatric patients. I'm talking women who were of low income in Puerto Rico, who often were not given the whole story, did not have informed consent as we know it today. And so unfortunately, a lot of what we know about these medications does have those dark roots and that haunts us today. And I acknowledge that I'm not making any excuses for it. I do want you to know that from a medical standpoint, these medications are very well tested. 
Now, the first hormonal birth control pill was FDA approved in the United States in 1960. And that pill that came out was at way higher doses than what we currently have. And so the people who were having lots of side effects back when these pills first came out, a lot of it was related to the really high doses. And since then, we've been able to really take those doses of estrogen and progesterone down quite a bit, still maintaining the efficacy, meaning how good it is at preventing pregnancy and controlling symptoms without having as high of the side effects of things like blood clots, strokes, and heart attacks, which yes, there's still a risk of that. But like I said, we'll get to it. Since the first pill came out in 1960, we have lots of different forms. Like I mentioned before, there's the shot. There are two different kinds of pills, ones that have estrogen and progesterone and ones that have progesterone only. We have IUD, we have the arm implant, we have the vaginal ring, we have patches, all sorts of good stuff because people need options and it's not always one size fits all. Now it's true if you ever got a pack of pills like I did back in the day and you take out that package insert, you unfold it, you could like wrap a whole slew of Christmas presents with it, right? Like it's huge. It's an enormous package insert. And what I've seen some people on TikTok do before is they hold it up and they say, look at all of this stuff. Did your doctor talk to you about all of these adverse effects or side effects, basically the bad stuff that happens when people take this medication? And of course, most of us would say, well, no, because if they were reading me that whole entire list, my gosh, we would still be there. Here's the thing about what you see in terms of adverse side effects when it comes to those package inserts. They have to list every single thing that happened to the people in the study. And these studies can include hundreds, but often thousands of people, which means that there's a huge opportunity for this list to become enormous. Now it's true, they will list out things that are more common, things that are less common. But as you can imagine, if it happened to one person and they have to list it, it's like those drug commercials that you listen to, right? Where it's like, this will happen and this and this and this and this. And you think by the end of it, why would anybody take this medication? When in reality, they have to disclose these things. Now what's common is very different from what you might see in those lists because you just get overwhelmed with all of it. And then all of a sudden, it seems like every side effect in the world could happen to you. And it's really about understanding what's most likely and what's least likely and what's acceptable to you. So this is why understanding true risk matters. And this is what hardly ever comes across in social media. Here's my hot take about birth control. It's not inherently bad or good. It's about what you need for your issues, your desire for what you want, what's acceptable to you, and the risks and the benefits for you. It is not one size fits all, which is what you don't see on social media when you see these posts from people saying, birth control will give you cancer. Birth control will make you depressed. That does not help you make an informed choice because it's very one-sided and it's very much not nuanced, which is what birth control really is. So here's the problem with what you see on social media. Oftentimes, these posts are made by people who are not qualified. I am sorry, saying that you are a hormone expert because you read a book or you took a weekend course does not make you an expert in hormones. I would never have the audacity to say that I am an expert in plumbing because I watched a few YouTube videos. My gosh, my house would be flooded in a hot second. So these people are not qualified and it can be really hard to know because they've got these titles like cycle sinking nutritionist or hormone expert or even doctor, like I said. You could be a physician, but it doesn't mean that you're an expert in this particular field. 
If I'm giving you advice on a knee replacement, just because I'm a physician doesn't mean I'm an expert in that. And again, I would totally mess up your knee just like I'd mess up the plumbing. So if I'm trying to give you advice on what to do with your knees, you need to run, run far away. The other problem with what you see on social media is that often these people have a goal in mind. They want to sell you a detox program, a supplement, a cleanse, a book, a website, a course. Do you see where I'm going here? The corollary to that is people saying, well, that's what you do in the office. You're making money. And I hope that I've addressed that and and kind of shown you the difference between me selling you a direct-to-consumer supplement that you pay me cash for versus you come to see me in the office, we make a treatment plan, and you get billed for that, and I get paid the same amount no matter what. Oftentimes, these people are not communicating things in an accurate way. Here's a great example, and this one's kind of going to blow your mind, I think. Let's take the commonly seen posts that I see all the time on Instagram and elsewhere. Birth control causes breast cancer. So, on the surface, is that true? Yes. However, that's not the whole story. So let's break it down. When we say that birth control, and again, I'm really talking about the pill here because that's where we have the best studies. So when we say birth control causes breast cancer, here's the actual numbers. When it comes to invasive breast cancer, people who take the pill have one extra case per 7,690 people per year. So what that means if you had 7,690 people taking the pill, there would be one extra case among them of invasive breast cancer. It gets even better, y'all. If you're less than 35 and you're on the pill, that extra one case is actually one in 50,000, five zero, one in 50,000 people per year. That sounds very different, right? Birth control causes breast cancer and makes it sound like it just happens to you. You pop a pill and you get breast cancer when that's actually very much not the case. It is an increased risk, yes, but it's actually a very small increased risk. And that risk completely goes away once you stop taking the pill. The other thing they don't mention is that actually birth control can protect you from cancer. And this is one I find that my followers very rarely see or know about. Why? Because those social media influencers who are scaring you off the pill, they don't tell you this. And we as healthcare providers, I don't think we've done what we need to do to advertise the good about birth control and, and sort of the benefits. That's an education problem from us, and I, I own that. Here's the thing. Taking the birth control pill for five years decreases your risk of ovarian cancer by 20%. Let me say that one more time. Ovarian cancer, which is a terrible cancer to get, we don't have great screening for it, and when it's diagnosed, it's often in a very advanced stage and it's hard to treat. If you're on the pill for five years, your risk drops by 20%. And the longer you take it, that risk drop goes up and up and up, which is awesome. You also see cancer of the uterus or what we call endometrial cancer. Same thing, birth control pill. It halves your risk of getting it, a 50% drop. And something that has nothing to do with, you know, what you think of like your uterus and your ovaries, colorectal cancer. So cancer of the colon and 18% decreased risk if you're on hormonal birth control. And all of these that I mentioned, like the good aspects, these protections persist or last even when you're off the pill. I think that is really awesome. Now, if you're sitting there and saying, Dr. Jen, I don't care. I am scared about breast cancer. I know it's really common. And that one in 7,690, that's enough for me. Then I hear you. And that means that hormonal birth control might not be the right choice for you. But it's important that you get the informed information so that you can make an informed decision. Let's move on and talk about the other problem that these social media influencers fail to do. They often act like birth control is this thing that exists in a vacuum, and they're not comparing it to potentially the other state that you could be in if you're not on birth control, which is 
pregnancy. So let's compare some of these risks to the risk when you're pregnant. I'm going to focus on stroke because I think this is a really easy one to understand and, and it becomes very clear. So if you're not pregnant, you're healthy, you're walking around doing your thing, you're not on birth control, your risk of having a stroke is 21 per 100,000. When you're pregnant, that risk goes up and that's because you've got hormones in your body, you're at increased risk for stroke, the physiology of pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. We won't get into it. But instead of 21 per 100,000, when you're pregnant, that risk is 34 per 100,000. Now let's talk about birth control. There is an increased risk of stroke, absolutely, but it's less than when you're pregnant. So it's somewhere between that 21 and 34. So when people walk around saying, if you take birth control, you will have a stroke. First of all, it's not true. Second of all, they're not talking about the actual risks. And third of all, they're kind of forgetting to mention the fact that one of the most dangerous times in your lives when it comes to stroke and actually lots of things is when you're pregnant. And you don't see influencers out there saying, don't get pregnant. They haven't told you all the scary things that could happen. Don't ever do it. I mean, well, there's probably somebody out there. But my point is, is that we have to have an understanding of like the absolute risk and things that we consider acceptable in life, right? Getting pregnant and having babies. We can't make birth control sound like this crazy out there idea when we do things every day that are far more dangerous than that. And it's all about what feels comfortable for you. And it's all about an informed decision. Here's the other thing that really gets me upset when I see these things and Abigail called in and said, you know, I'm really scared. Birth control sounds really scary. What a lot of these people who put this information out there miss is that birth control is a medicine. We don't just use it to prevent pregnancy, which I'm sorry, that is reason enough. Let's be real. Like I just said, getting pregnant and having a baby is one of the most dangerous things you can ever do in your life. And I know that sounds really crazy, but it's true. We use it for a lot of other things. We use it to treat heavy periods. We use it to treat painful periods. Now, when I say heavy, some people say, oh, big deal. Like I have heavy periods, I deal with it. Or, oh, I'm cramping, I deal with it. I'm talking about periods that are so bad. Kids miss school, people miss work. You end up in the emergency room because your blood count is so low that you need a blood transfusion. These are not benign things. We also use it for treatment to stop periods in people who have bleeding disorders and could have life-threatening bleeding. We use it to prevent cancer, like I mentioned before. We use it to prevent or make better the symptoms of PMS or PMDD. And if you haven't heard about PMDD, that's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And think of it like PMS on steroids. It's the kind of PMS that makes it so bad that you can't function. You can't leave your house. You can't go to work because you're either so anxious, so depressed. You may have thoughts of self-harm. These are real things. And birth control can help suppress that cycle and help you function like a human being. I mean, I think that's a good thing. I like to reframe birth control in this way. You would never tell someone that insulin isn't natural if they have diabetes. So just figure out a different way to treat your diabetes. You also wouldn't tell somebody that chemotherapy isn't natural if that's what they need to treat their advanced cancer. Now I say that sort of tongue in cheek because yes, there are people who say both of those things on social media, but I mean, people who, you know, like, are like us and like normal and understand these things. So why is it that when it comes to other medical issues, like heavy periods, severe depression, or heck, just not wanting to get pregnant, we demonize hormonal birth control? I think a lot of it goes back to lack of education, right? We're in school. We're not told about how these things work. We're told that sex is terrible and you'll die. And if you go on birth control, well, gosh, you're a whore. And if you need that, yes, I said that word. So when people don't tell us these things and they just make us scared of sex, and we don't understand how these things work. We don't understand how our bodies work. We're more vulnerable to these sorts of messaging that we see on social media. 
birth control historically was absolutely demonized when it first came out. There were actual laws that said you couldn't talk about it because it was considered obscene. I am not making that up. These are laws that are from the late 1800s where any form of birth control, you could not talk about it because it was considered obscene. And if you think that's obscene, what's obscene is that in places today, in 2022, like the University of Idaho, put out a memo to its staff that told them to not talk about birth control because they could get in trouble based on the state laws that were based on these laws in the 1800s and also having to do with their very strict abortion laws in the state. But the long and the short of it is that we think about birth control, we typically think about female problems, which do not get the same respect. Think about how scandalous it is to talk about birth control or not having sex or orgasms as opposed to Viagra, which is everywhere and nobody has a problem with that. So I think a lot of all these issues surrounding birth control and reproductive health go back to its dark history, go back to how we're not informed, and go back to how in general, if a woman or somebody with a uterus needs birth control, somehow they're, you know, they're dirty and they're not pure and they just deserve what they get, right? And I call bullshit on that. I also believe that a lot of this misinformation is a result of us as OBGYNs and healthcare providers not adequately explaining things. And so what's happened is this alternative market has popped up, what I like to call big natural or big supplement, and they've filled in this space. And it's a billion dollar industry of people who will sell you supplements and detoxes and cleanses and programs. And this is another thing that's been lumped in there. And again, that's on us as healthcare providers. We need to do a better job of partnering with patients, making sure they feel heard and seen and understand what they're on. But also, I believe we really need to do a better job of regulating this industry that is putting out a whole lot of unregulated nonsense that is harming people. And lastly, social media is where misinformation multiplies like wildfire. So I can post about the statistics of breast cancer, and some people will see that and be like, thanks, Dr. Jen, that's so amazing. But the one that might multiply and get hundreds of thousands of views within a few hours is the one that has the gotcha, like, oh my goodness, they haven't told you this about birth control. Follow me and blah, blah, blah. And that's unfortunately the way a lot of social media goes. So before I wrap up with answering Abigail's question, I want to take a break for a segment I call Clitorally, where I'm busting common myths and misconceptions. Let's listen to this TikTok from someone calling herself the natural fertility queen. Did you know that if you're on the pill, you really should come off it once a year for about a month? Why? Your body needs a chance to reset your hormones back to their natural pattern. Whilst you're on the pill, that's not possible. So taking a month off just gives you that little bit of time to get your body back into balance and to prevent the onset of post-pill infertility when you do decide you want to get off the pill and conceive. Okay, there is so much wrong here. So she has deemed herself the natural fertility queen. She is not a fertility queen. She's just a person. She's not a fertility physician. She could be a queen in other ways. Like I'm all for, you know, us having our crowns, but she's not a queen and her advice is absolutely terrible. We do not tell people to get off birth control just like randomly once a month or once a year to like reset their bodies. There is no data to support that. And there is absolutely no data to say that birth control leads to infertility. It just doesn't. Now, what is she going to do if somebody goes off their birth control and gets pregnant? Is she going to be held responsible? Absolutely not. Does she take any sort of responsibility for this at all? No way. But this was a TikTok I saw maybe a year or two ago, and it went kind of viral. Thankfully, I reported her and it came down. But this is the kind of stuff that's out there and it's scaring people and it's just not okay. So I say clitorally, no. Okay, so back to Abigail's question. 
In conclusion, is birth control that bad? No, there is absolutely a time and a place and a role for it. Here are the four things I want you to ask when you see something like this on social media. Abigail and everybody else who's listening. Number one, is this person qualified? And specifically in what they're talking about. Number two, are they trying to sell you something? Is there a detox, a cleanse, some other program that they're trying to sell you? Because if they are, they have skin in the game and they can't be considered an objective source. Number three, are there references? Now, this is a tricky one because there's good data and there's bad data and it can be really hard to know the difference. But at least starting with that question can be helpful because if they refuse to give you any references or say, do your own research, well, that's kind of a red flag. And number four, is it sensational? Do they claim that something is absolutely horrible or something is absolutely amazing? It's probably not true because like most things in life, it's somewhere in the middle. I hope that has been helpful. And I love that this was my first question because I feel like this is an example of something I get asked every day. And I love that we get to break it down in a little more depth than when I'm on my socials or in a 15 second TikTok. So that is a wrap for our first call-in episode. Do you want to see your question featured? If you do, call in through the Viva La Volva voicemail. I kind of love that. At 503-893-2016 or leave me a voice message in my Instagram DMs at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. Until next week, stay safe, my friends. Okay, it's that time where I ask you to rate, review, and follow on your favorite podcast app because we know that's how we get more people talking. So call in at 503-893-2016 and join me online at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. So let's keep the conversation going, my friends. Call in, leave a question, and know that it's okay to have questions about your body and we're gonna answer them. Mm -hmm.